Section 3 of That Christ is One by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by P. E. Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. For you learnt that they unlearnedly maintain that God the Word, taking a man as some son other than himself, set him forth as some sort of minister of his will, so as to make trial of death and live again, and ascending into the very heaven sit on the throne of the ineffable Godhead. For is he not through these words full surely seen to be altogether other than the by nature and truly son? I admit it. But since they have slipped down to this depth of unlearning, as to think and say that not the only begotten word of God himself was made as we, but that he took a man, in what way do they want the assumption to be conceived by us? Is it as foreordained by him for the accomplishment of somewhat that he willed, just as one of the holy prophets says, I was not a prophet, nor son of a prophet, but I was a goat-herd and dressing mulberries. And the Lord took me from the sheep and said to me, Go, prophesy to my people Israel. A goat-herd. He set him to be a prophet and appointed him minister of his pleasure. They will say, perhaps, that not of this kind was the taking, but just as taking bondsman's form is conceived of by us. Hence that which is taken will with reason be conceived of as the own of the taker by an inseverable union, so that Jesus is both God and Son, one and only, of very God as being word from forth of God the Father, begotten divinely before every age and time, and in the last times of the world the same after the flesh forth of a woman. For not any one's else but his has the bondman's form been made. How do you mean? Will, tell me, that which is by nature bond be said not incongruously to take bondman's form, or that which is truly free and is essentially above the measures of bondage? The free, I suppose, for how will it be made what it was by nature? Consider, then, that the only begotten word of God, albeit made as we, and having entered on the measures of bondage according to the human nature, hath witnessed to himself freedom by nature, saying in his joint contribution of the didrachma, Surely free are the sons. He receives, therefore, bondman's form, making his own the result of the emptying, and not spurning the likeness to usward. For it were not possible otherwise to honour the bond, unless that which befitted the bond had been made his, that it may be made illustrious by the glory that is from him. For that which excelleth ever hath the preeminence, and the shame from our bondage was wiped out by us. For he who is above us has been made as we, and the free by nature was in the measure of the servants. Hence the dignity hath passed unto us too, for we too have been called sons of God, and inscribed as our Father him who was properly his Father. For our human things have been made his also. Therefore, in saying that he took bondman's form, is the whole mystery of the economy with flesh. But if confessing one Son and Lord, the Word from forth of God the Father, they say that a man, him who is forth of the seed of David, has been simply connected with him, a partaker of his sonship and of his glory, time is it that we in friendly grief over them who choose thus to think should say, Who will give to my head water, and to my eyes a fountain of tears, 
and I will weep this people day and night. For they are turned aside to a reprobate mind, denying the Lord who bought them. For a pair of sons unequal in nature is proclaimed to us, and the bond is crowned with God-befitting glory, and some suppositious son is glorified with equal excellencies with the by nature and truly son. Albeit God says plainly, My glory I will not give to another. For how is he not other and apart from the by nature and truly son, who has been honored with mere and sole connection, and taken as an assistant and vouchsafed sonship even as we ourselves are, and has partaken of glory from other, and attained thereto by gift and grace. We must not, therefore, sever Emmanuel into man severally, and into God the Word. By no means. I affirm that we must say that he is God incarnate, and that he is in the same, both one and other. For neither hath he made man ceased from being God, nor doth he hold the economy unacceptable despising the measure of the emptying. Therefore, they say, consubstantial with the word was his body, for thus and no otherwise will he be deemed one only son. Yet how is not this now raving and clear proof of a mind wandering? For how can one behold in sameness of essence things so far removed one from another in respect of their nature? For one thing is Godhead and another manhood. For of what do we say that the union was made? For a person will not say that the things united are one in number, but either it may be two or more. We must therefore sever, they say, the things named. We must not sever, as I said, into a several diversity, in regard, I mean, to their being away from each other and apart, but must rather bring them together into an indissoluble union. For the word has been made flesh, as John saith. Have they therefore been confused, and both become one nature? But who will be thus distraught and unlearned as to suppose that either the divine nature of the word has been turned into what it was not, or that the flesh went over by way of change into the nature of the word himself? For it is impossible. But we say that one is the Son, and one his nature, even though he, being conceived of as having assumed flesh with a rational soul. For his, as I said, hath the human nature been made, and he is conceived of by us none otherwise than thus, God alike and man. There will then be not two natures, of God and of man? Godhead and manhood are one thing and another, according to the mode of being existing in each. Yet in Christ have they come together, in unwanted wise and passing understanding, into union without confusion and turning. But wholly incomprehensible is the mode of the union. And how, out of two things, Godhead and manhood, will one Christ be conceived of? In no other wise, I suppose, than that whereby the things brought together one to another into a union indissoluble and above comprehension will be one. As, for example, Do we not say that a man like us is one, and his nature one, although he has not simpleness of nature, but is compound out of two, I mean soul and body? We do. Does anybody, taking anew the flesh apart by itself, and sundering from it the soul that was united to it, divide a single person into two, 
and not thereby destroy the right description of him? Yet the all-wise Paul writes, For even though our outward man perish, yet is the inward renewed each day. You say right, for he knew, he knew well from whence he is one, and makes the distinction between the two, one to be grasped in idea only, he calls the soul, the inward man, and the flesh, the outward. For I call to mind the holy scriptures, which sometimes signify to us the whole living thing from a portion, as when God says, I will pour forth of my spirit upon all flesh. And Moses says to them of Israel, In seventy-five souls did thy fathers go down unto Egypt. And we shall find that this has been done in regard to Emmanuel himself. For after the union, I mean that with the flesh, if any call him only begotten, and God from forth of God, he will be conceiving of him as not apart from flesh or manhood. And if he say that he is man, he will not be excluding him from being God and Lord. But if we say that the nature of the Son is one, even though he be conceived of as incarnate, all need is there to confess that confusion and commixture take place, the nature of man being lost, as it were, within him. For what is the nature of man unto the excellency of Godhead? In highest degree, my friend, is he an idle talker who says that confusion and commixture have place if one nature of the Son incarnate and made man is confessed by us. For one will not be able to make proof thereof by needful and true deductions. But if they set their own will as a law to us, they devise the counsel which they cannot establish. For we must give heed not to them, but to the God-inspired Scripture. If they think that needs, on account of the nature of man being nothing compared to the divine excellency, must it be lost and consumed, as they say, we again will say, Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. For it were not impossible for God, who loves man, to make himself endurable to the measures of the manhood. And this he foresighted to us darkly, when initiating Moses, and limning the mode of the Incarnation as yet in types. For he came in likeness of fire on the bush in the wilderness, and the fire kept plain on the shrub, yet it was not consumed, and Moses marveled at the sight. Yet how is not a tree a thing that has no alliance with fire? And how is the readily consumed wood patient of the onslaught of flame? But this matter was, as I said, a type of a mystery, which exhibited endurable to the measures of the human nature the divine nature of the word at his will, for to him is nothing impossible. Know well that they will not choose so to think. Their speech will be caught setting forth to us most undoubtedly two sons and two Christs. Not two. They say that the Son of Nature, the Word from forth God the Father, is one. He that is assumed is a man by nature son of David, but is son of God by reason of his having been assumed by God the Word, and that by reason of God the Word dwelling in him hath he come to this dignity, and hath by grace the sonship. Then wherever will they go as regards mind and understanding who thus think? Or how do they say not a pair of sons, when they are severing one from another, man and God? If, according to them, the one has the sonship by nature and truly, the other by grace, and came to this dignity, God the Word indwelling him, 
hath he then aught greater than we? For he indwelleth in us too. And the most holy Paul confirms us in this, saying, For this cause bend I my knees to the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that he would give you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. For he is in us through the Spirit, wherein we cry, Abba, Father. Hence our position is in no wise inferior, if we have been vouchsafed the equal by God the Father. For by grace we too are sons and gods. We have been surely brought into this supernatural and marvellous dignity, as having the only begotten word of God indwelling. But profane and distraught altogether is it, that they should say that Jesus has been vouchsafed the sonship, and has won the glory thereof as a matter of favor. Would you say how? Certainly. First, as I said, he will be thus conceived of as separately another Son and Christ and Lord, from him who is so truly and by nature. Besides this, another impossibility is brought in, and which not unreasonably militates against right reasoning. What is that? The all-wise John says of Christ, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, he gave them authority to become God's children. Will then he who has the sonship of grace, and has it as an adventitious dignity that he won, the being what he is, will such an one bestow freely on others also what he has with difficulty grown rich in? Does not this appear to you incongruous? Very. That which accrues not by nature, but has been introduced from without, will it not be to be lost as far as possibility goes? How should it be otherwise? Hence it will be a possible contingency that the son should sometime be able to fall from his sonship, for what is not based on laws of nature is not free from a suspicion of being lost. It is so. In another way, too, one may see that their dogma is both uncomely and of a truth replete with a supremest ill counsel. For if it is true that that which is by adoption and grace is ever in the likeness of that which is by nature and in truth, how are we, sons by adoption, having reference to him who is truly son, if he too along with us is among them who are so by grace? How too in the gospel parables is he sent as son after the servants who had been sent, whom, when the guardians of the vineyard saw, they said, This man is the heir, come, let us kill him. He, therefore, who hath appeared in flesh, and who hath made trial of the crooked ways of the Jews, is son in truth, and free, as born of the nature that is free, and is not among those who are under the yoke, in that he is conceived of as God, even though he hath been made, as we who are under the yoke, son of bondage. He, the son, as I said, by nature and truly, who is beyond the yoke, and above the creation, after whom we too, who are sons by adoption and grace, have been formed. We do not say, say they, that the man is son of God, lest we should speak of two sons by nature. For as the word who came down from heaven is not by nature son of David, thus neither is he who is forth of the seed of David son of God by nature. They will therefore sever into two sons and both of them will be proved to be falsely so called. 
and I think one may say that the mystery of Christ is idle trickery, if it is thus as our opponents foolishly say. Where, then, is the union? And in regard to what do they say that it has been wrought? Or haply this, that the word made flesh, is found to be untrue, and to have been superfluously brought in, if the word from forth God the Father have not been called Son of David, by reason of his being made from forth his seed after the flesh. But I think that they ought to hear from us, too, what was said by Christ himself to the chiefs of the Jews. What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? And should they say, David's, they will hear from us. How therefore does David in spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I put thine enemies the footstool of thy feet. If therefore David in spirit call him Lord, how is he his son? Does he who is not by nature and truly son, as our opponents say, co-sit with God? And is he co-throned, tell me, with him who ruleth all things? Albeit, as saith the all-wise Paul, to no one of the angels hath the Father at any time said, My son art thou, nor yet sit on my right hand. How then is he who is forth of a woman in supremest dignity, and on the seat of the Godhead, and beyond all rule and lordship, thrones and authority, and every name that is named? And note how the Lord saying, If therefore David in spirit call him Lord, how is he his son? induces those who would be searchers of the truth to hold that the word, when in participation of flesh and blood, hath remained even thus one son. Witness too that he is God from God befitting excellency and lordship, while his being called also son of David signifieth full well that he is man. Perhaps they will say to this, for I am pointing out their reply, are we then to admit that he to who is forth of the seed of David is forth of the essence of God the Father? Yet how hath not such a question exceeding worthlessness, and it is incongruous to the might of the mystery, and to them who delight in the truth? Tell me how. Do not divide, saying, He who is forth of the seed of David is other than the one Christ, and Son, and Lord. For right utterance wills that the only begotten Son, who hath his being forth of God the Father, is himself, and none other, him who is forth of David after the flesh. Let them not, therefore, of their boundless stupidity, say that, as the word who came down out of heaven is not by nature David's son, thus neither is he who is forth of the seed of David, son of God, by nature. For the word, who by nature and in truth beamed forth of the Father, having assumed flesh and blood, as I just now said, hath remained the same, that is, by nature and truly, Son of the Father, being one only, and not as if one with another, that his person may be conceived of as one. For thus, gathering into union, true and above mind and speech, things which by the count of their nature had been sundered unto unlikeness, we shall advance on the unerring path of the faith. For we say that one and the same Christ Jesus is forth of God the Father as God the Word, forth of the seed of divine David after the flesh. Do not I seem to you to have most rightly considered these things? Surely. I will ask the opponents something else, too. 
What is that? Are they not assured that the only begotten God the Word hath his being from forth God the Father? And do they not affirm that the man taken, as they say, by connection, is made from forth the seed of divine David? So they say. The Word, therefore, being God, will most assuredly surpass both in nature and in glory him who is forth of the seed of David, and will overpass to the extent of the difference of the natures. Or, if it be not, as I say, why do they sever and allot to the one the right to the glory, and bring in the other as recipient, and as gaining what he is by way of a prize, and in the light of a largesse? But less full surely, and inferior, is the receiver to the giver, and to him who gives the glory, that which is participant of the glory from him. I suppose that they too would say that most vast is the difference between God and men. Then how does the all-wise Paul, the priest of the divine mysteries, he that hath indwelling him who is preached, and who speaketh in the Spirit, how does he both call him that after the flesh is of the Jews, God, and say that he is blessed for ever, Amen? What is there above God who is over all? What will a man behold in the Word, who is forth of the Father, greater than he is who after the flesh is of the Jews, if he be a son other than he, and separate, and not truly so? But he who is forth of the seed of David was admitted, they say, by connection, and seeing that the Word being God indwelt him, he shares his dignity and his honor. And this the Most Holy Paul will teach writing of him that he was made subject to the Father unto death, yea, the death of the cross. Wherefore God also super-exalted him, and gave him a name which is above every name, and this name is God. Do they then say that to him that is of the seed of David separately, and as to another son apart by himself, has been given by God the name which is above every name? Yea, they say, for to the only begotten who is God, and forth of God by nature, how could that be given which he hath? Therefore, if receiving is not put respecting him, let accurate investigation be made from what the divine Paul himself hath written. For let each one of yourselves be of the mind which was also in Christ Jesus who, being in the form of God, held not the being equal to God a thing to seize. Yet did he empty himself, taking bondman's form. Made in likeness of men, and found in fashion as a man, he abased himself, made subject unto death, yea, the death of the cross. Wherefore God also super-exalted him, and gave him the name which is above every name. If, therefore, it is according to them, the man that is forth of the seed of David, conceived of separately and by himself, who received the name that is above all, let them show him pre-existing in the form of God, and not holding the being equal to God a matter for robbery, and moreover taking bondman's form, as though, that is, he had it not, and was not so ere he took it. Albeit, as they themselves choose and think, himself is the bondman's form, how then can he take it, as though he had it not? How, too, will a man be conceived of as made in likeness of men, and be found in fashion as a man? 
The force of the ideas, then, will turn them round even against their will to know the truth. What truth? God the Word, who is in the form of God the Father, the impress of his person, who is in all, equal to him who begat him, hath emptied himself. And what is the emptying? The being in assumption of flesh and in bondman's form. The likeness to us of him who is not as we in his own nature, but is over the whole creation. Thus hath he abased himself, lowering himself economically into the measures of the human nature. Yet was he even so God, as having not by gift that which comes to him by nature. Therefore he also said to God the Father which is in heaven, Father, glorify me with the glory which I had before the world was with thee. For I do not suppose that they will say that he is asking for the glory which was before the world as being his own, he, I mean, who in the last times of the world was born of the seed of David. If so be, he is son by himself, other than he who is so by nature and truly. But this utterance will rather be a most God-befitting one, for it needed, it needed that he should be co-fashioned in the measures of the manhood, and should have the excellence of the God-befitting dignity unimpaired and essentially in himself, just as it is in the Father too. For how will that be true, there shall be in thee no new God, if, according to them, a man is made God by connection with the Word, and is declared co-enthroned, and sharer of the Father's dignity. You say well. End of section 3